The views and opinions expressed on the Poor Ass Podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of BME Recovery Content Productions. Any content provided by our guests are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. And on that note, enjoy the episode. Coming up on the Porous Podcast. In the workplace, that's a level of trauma that I can't at the age that I'm at and where I'm at, my career was like, no, I can't put myself through, through that. No, you know, for me, I, I realized at some point that, you know, during this time in which I got tested for autism, I was mm-hmm. like, I have not been taking care of myself. Yeah. It, my needs were dead last. Everyone else's needs were on top of, you know, because I worked with them and I didn't want to get fired, but I was getting fired anyway. <laughs> Even though I have a PhD, I'm educated, I'm skilled, and I still was getting fired because of the interpersonal stuff. Mm -hmm. No one was really complaining about my work. They were happy about that. But they're like, I wasn't meeting their expectations of what a black woman should be. Mm -hmm. How come you don't make me laugh? How come you don't validate me? How come you're not engaging in my small talk? How come you aren't Mm -hmm. solving my personal problems? How come mm-hmm. I can't cry on your shoulder at 7.30 a.m.? And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm, I'm here to work. Mm-hmm. Where was Where's all these expectations coming from? They're unspoken. That was um, not in the job description. <laughs> yes, that was not. And so if you can work from home, honestly, working from home, vetting um, workplaces and in, in, in the interview has been, I had to really tune in into my spidey senses instead of mm-hmm. and really drop the, the stuff that I've learned to shove away I had mm-hmm. to really start learning to read people because I think that a lot of um, of these workplaces I've worked in I knew from the start something was kind of funny mm-hmm. but I needed a job mm-hmm. and so I accepted the job when I got an offer um, mm-hmm. but you know, if you if you're disappointed in the interview process when they're supposed to be at their best, it doesn't get better, is what I've learned. So um, I started really choosing more carefully the workplaces, and also I work 100% from home, where I can listen to my music, no taps on the shoulder, no one telling me about their penis. Yeah, I could use the bathroom. I don't have to pick up any turds. Mm-hmm. Unless they're my own, but I don't miss. Um, it's it's clean here. It's bright. I have a window. Like I'm so happier working where I could focus on work. Because um, mm-hmm. honestly, the interpersonal stuff, I just it was just tripping me up. Like mm-hmm. there were so many unspoken expectations. I I I just can't work like that where I'm people pop out with these things all of a sudden and I'm like you never you I I didn't know that was a need mm-hmm. of yours manager mm-hmm. um I, I just wish people would just say here here's what I'm looking for I'm looking for a great employee but also I need a therapist and mm-hmm. I would like to hire someone that could do that for me yeah um, 
Now, can you do that? And also, I'm looking for a mistress. Can you also do that? I just wish people just flat out say it. And then I could say, no, thank you. But do you need a data scientist? I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, my God. Okay. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Poor Ass Podcast, the podcast where we talk about um, living abundantly while on a budget with a focus on adult autism, adult autism, uh, later in life, women and women and people of color on the spectrum. So I have a really special guest for today's episode. We're going to be talking about how to avoid small talk in the workplace. <laughs> um, small talk is for me, I've never, I never liked it. And I, when it, when it came to my work, when it came to my work, I was about focusing on the work. I wasn't really like too interested in making friends or, or talking about a people's day. Like to me, the small talk was talking about work. Um, anyway, but I found out I was on the spectrum at the age of 43 in July, 2022. And um, I came, so today's episode, um, my guest, Angela, I met her on LinkedIn over a post about autism and neurodiversity. And I reached out to her and like, hey, are you interested in being on my podcast? I'm producing these episodes that focus on adult autism and women and people of color um, later in life di diagnosis. And Angela said yes. I'm really grateful. Thank you for being on the podcast. And we we're just talking about small talk and the challenges. And um, I thought you'd be a really, based on the conversations that we've had, like on online. Um, I think this is a little uh, a topic that that isn't really explored much, and and the layers that go into it and navigating um, work workplaces. So Angela, um, tell me a little bit about um, how did you find how did you how did you find out that you were on this spectrum? Well, um, I think I've suspected it for several years, um, probably since I was in my late 20s, maybe early 30s. Uh, but during my pregnancy, I did a lot of, uh, my daughter is uh, 14 months now. And during my pregnancy, I started having like this kind of like I wanted to really understand myself because I was about to embark on this new journey as a mom. And I noticed this one area of my life never seems to make sense to me. Um, socially, I've always struggled. That has been from number one. And in the workplace, I, I've had several workplace experiences that were uh, really troubling to me. Um, and where I started to go, there has to be something to this, because how do I keep running into the same issue, no matter where I go, no matter what kind of employee I am, no matter how the quality of my work, I run into the same social issues. And so um, at age 38, 
I uh, went and I sought out resources. It took a lot of work to find resources for an adult to be officially diagnosed. I found a center and I met the criteria for autism spectrum disorder. And for me, uh, and I also had an intelligence test. So um, exploring the kind of work I do, it, it seems that because I'm able to uh, analyze information and store information, uh, no wonder I'm a data scientist. And I always gravitated towards those types of activities, those types of careers. It was a natural, something I was naturally somewhat good at and could pick up. So uh, for me, it just made perfect sense. I am neurodivergent. That is why I struggle socially. Mm. That is why small talk is almost it was pointless to me. Yeah. And people were like, why don't, you, why don't you like small talk? Why don't you like gossip? What's wrong? And it would always cause an issue. That, that was a problem. So I'd push people away at work. Even though I was a great employee, mm-hmm. um, it's just socially people were gravitating towards me and not getting anything from me. And it was... Uh, upsetting to them (laughs) i just i couldn't give them that yeah so what was the issues that you were having at work was it um in more of like the interpersonal like what what were the issues that you were facing at work where you weren't getting support well um one thing that stuck out to me immediately is the open work environments where it's like a cubicle city and they're they're low you can look over look up and see everyone's face it's loud yeah um my head would be just booming at the end of the day with pain the Mm -hmm. noise was insane to me it was almost like i I guess maybe like a i guess a dog can hear things very well (laughs) and for me it was just like i had super sound and it was, I was telling my boss, I, I can't, the noise is out of control. I can't think this way. I can't work this way. And he was like, everyone else works this way. Why can't you? You'll just have to mm. deal with it. Mm. But I wasn't able to concentrate like that. So I would find little places to hide to work. And of course, someone would come looking for me um, <laughs> and be like, hey, what are you doing in here? I'm like, I'm I'd, I'd find a little conference room and finally get some work done. But yeah, I guess um, people will just come and seek you out and and bother you there. <laughs> so I, I felt like I was just being harassed in a way uh, by mm-hmm. the noise. And um, then I couldn't do my work if I needed a place to work. It's uh, That was one thing that was a major issue for me. Um, another issue is uh, I found... And this has been like universal in my career, except when I started working from home. That's been my only saving grace is that small talk I have found is never small. And uh, <laughs> I, I have real anxiety over me getting my, my coffee or my hot water for some tea and someone popping up and telling you their life story. I, you didn't, I didn't ask for it. I don't want it. And, and here it is. And I never knew how to respond. Uh, and to this day, I, I, I don't even, I, I didn't exactly know how to tell people, hey, you know, it's seven o'clock in the morning. Can this, can this wait or something? 
Mm-hmm. Um, but that sounds rude, so I wouldn't say that. But um, it just felt incredibly insensitive and inconsiderate to just to offload on your coworker. Um, I don't know if that's an autism thing, but I really have an issue with small talk because I found that uh, people, some people that really like it kind of use it as a segue to just dump. It, it mm. doesn't matter, you know, what time it is. If you just came mm. out of the restroom, if you're in the restroom, they just, they just want to corner you with stuff. Um, <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm. So I wasn't able to respond in the way they want. I, I found that um, when people come to you with things, they're looking for validation. I never gave them the validation that they thought. And um, I, I, it didn't make sense to me that this is what they want. But to me, and to give them that felt like empty, like uh, it didn't feel genuine. So I decided to just not say anything. But um, that was extremely offensive to a lot of people um, to not give them that. But I, I'm uh, kind of honest to a fault. I'd rather not yeah. say anything. Yeah, 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 definitely. That's so, that's so challenging. Like how, so what, how did you learn to navigate out of small talk conversations? Like what are the, the tips and tactics that you've used that, that have worked for you to graciously bow out out of those unnecessary conversations very unnecessary um i've learned to go i'm so sorry to hear that i i have a lot of work to do i'm going to go and i i bounce i skip out some people have told me to give them a, a nice explanation that hey i'm i'm on the, the spectrum and this is hard for me i i felt i i don't feel those things work as well as i thought so just to let mm. them know, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, because usually it's it's usually they're telling me about their relationship, they're telling me about their weight, they're telling me about aging, mm-hmm. um, something like that, and it's like 7:30, and I just go, you know, I got to really get back to my desk, I'm gonna go, and um, that has been safe for me, but in the past, mm-hmm. I just I just didn't want to be mean to people, and so I would just listen to them because I'm like, this person's coming to me because they want someone to listen to them. Mm-hmm. But I didn't do myself any favors. Mm-hmm. All I did was traumatize myself by giving this person that I don't know that well, the yeah. opportunity to just really just violate my boundaries. And I noticed every time they approached me, it was to push a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I, I, you can say, I got to go. I got work to do. That's a great response. Um, it's safe. Or I have to use the restroom. No. I'll just say, I'm sorry about that. And in my mind, I didn't, I didn't always listen to everything they said. Mm-hmm. But if they're coming to me, it's usually to tell me about my, I had a boss that would talk about his weight all the time. He was a big, mm-hmm. a large fellow. Yeah. Shall I say. Um, and he felt really bad about his weight to yeah. the point where every time we had staff meetings or we had a one-on-one, he always brought up his weight. And um, Weird. It's, 
yeah, yeah, really, really insecure to the point where I'm like, what should I say to him? And if I'm in a if I'm in a meeting, if I'm in a staff meeting, I can't be like, you know, I gotta go. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I was captive. Um, you can't you can't leave the staff meeting where everyone's sitting there and he's just um, downing himself. It was really uncomfortable. So there's a few instances where I can't think of a way to exit. But the yeah. other person might know that you can't exit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was. I, I I never responded. He's telling me about how heavy he is and how you know unattractive he is, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna sit here and uh, I don't even know what to say. Actually, now I think about it, I don't even know if this is an autism thing. I've just worked in some really weird workplaces. Um, yeah, I I mean it's 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 interesting on how autism does interact with the interpersonal aspects when it come when it comes to to work and 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 that could be like just a good a quote unquote good day you're just you're you're bothered with with small talk but then if you add small talk to a toxic work environment and a horrible manager i'm just reflecting from my last job that's how i found out that i was on the spectrum this um working at my the the last job that I have that I have now, like, have you ever been in a situation where you had to deal with small talk and a toxic work environment? Yes, and how did and you I navigate? Was... How did you navigate those those dynamics? Well, I was fired, um, <laughs> so I guess they navigated it for me. Uh, so, I I the small talk thing, and I had a, a boss again that was. This is a different person that was telling me how bad she felt about herself. She was, I, I'm trying to empathize. I know aging can be like traumatic. I'm 40 years old. Um, but she was like telling me about how old she is and her hair and how white she is and she's mm-hmm. got freckles and how her weight. And I'm like, man, I just want to do my work. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't want to be cruel to her because I know that it's, you know, it's hard, but I finally just said to her, I, I really want to keep our meetings about work um, so that I can get my work done because I wasn't making any progress because every time I met with her, she kind of like segued off into how bad she feels about herself. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't find it helpful. Um, but I, I noticed that two days after that, I was uh, gone. They walked mm-hmm. me out. Mm-hmm. So um, I had no support. I, I approached a couple of people to tell them, you know, I think I'm in a really bad spot. Um, the meetings I'm having with my manager are not productive. Uh, and I'm actually worried that my job is on in jeopardy. Um, because she was telling me she still feels competitive towards uh, younger women. And mm. I was like, yep, I'm I'm going. Um mm-hmm. Just that my mind was going, I don't know how to stop this. Um, I'm also not giving her what she wants. I I don't feel it's appropriate for me to tell someone, no, you're not old. I mean, if you're telling me that you're older, chronologically you are. See, that's the, excuse me, that logic thing. 
Yeah. I'm like, I can't change what you think of yourself. And so, yeah, toxic workplace, toxic dynamics. She held power. Um, I went to my manager and told her, hey, I, I need. So there was a manager and then there was this middle person who was managing me, helping me with this project, helping me understand the lay of the land. But mm-hmm. I felt she was abusive. So mm-hmm. I went to manager and she was like, I don't know anything about data. Go to her. And I'm like, that's the problem. Um, I'm not getting anything from her. So they were like, well, then figure it all out by yourself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they, they let me go. That it was frustrating. frustrating. And it actually hurt um, because this was a place that needed a security clearance. So I was going through the security clearance process and then it just stopped. Yeah. Once once I was fired, it stopped. So this this company spent money, and they just uh, it was just the strangest experience. It was mortifying. It was embarrassing. Um, and after that, I realized, okay, I think I'm going to need to change a few things about the jobs I accept. Mm. Uh, I think I need to put a little bit more power back in my court because I didn't feel the way I was treated was fair in any way. Mm-hmm. And but also my me me being on the spectrum, I I could not socialize in the way that was expected of me. I I don't believe in giving people phony platitudes, uh, and I'm not prepared. I don't come into work with a bag full of compliments to just throw on people. So I'm here to work. You're paying me to work. If you want an employee, that's what you're getting. If you want a therapist, I think you need to pay me more because um, you hired a data scientist. So that's what you're going to get. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just the weirdest thing. And it kept happening over and over. And then I was like, okay, I need to, I need to figure out what's going on. Like, uh, and, and I wasn't sure if other people were dealing with this, where people were just... Um, really abusing your time, your space at work. Um, I just felt so violated every day mm-hmm. um, as a human being and being on the spectrum. I just, I, I felt like I, I can't, I, I, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, other people probably could finesse those situations and really just give a whole bunch of really sweet words and, you know, follow them around. And I, I just was like, but you're, you've, yeah, you, you hired me to do a job and that's what you were going to get from me. And that's the most I could do. So that was, that was the kick in the teeth in which I decided to really start digging into this thing. Um, that was like the fourth time that's happened in a workplace. So where now me being on the spectrum and the the interpersonal issues I had at work were actually costing me my livelihood. So that's why I decided to look into this. And I was traumatized, so I needed therapy as well. I'm looking for a therapy. It took me, like, the last job that I have, I, it was a podcasting job and a totally different industry from what I'm used to. I was coming from 20 years of accounting, from accounting to pivoting into podcasting. And I just had a really difficult time like 
understanding the the curriculum and and though I would try I would I would try my best I took like detailed notes like crazy like de- detailed notes um but but what didn't help was having a manager that would change process and um be be critical and um that's not that's not helpful at all and in terms of like being like like traumatized like recovering from some from something like that and I'm very active. I found some Facebook um, autistic groups that I really like, and I know I'm not the only one because I'm reading a lot of other posts from other autistic working professionals. Like they're dealing with the same thing, like the bullying, the discrimination, you know, navigating, uh, navigating small talk, like small talk compounded with like a toxic work environment and, um, and being gaslit. Cause like I, I don't bullshit at work like I want to do my job I I see things like I'm pretty like like um direct and I've always been that way and the the thing with accounting that I really liked or that I excelled with accounting it's the same pretty much like the same thing every day there's not a lot a lot of changes and um but with this particular job that I that I had it seemed like there was changes every time like I would do a process and she'd be like oh well it's like this and I would be be, in my my trainings were recorded I would always refer to the video and my notes be like well the video says this and moon should be like well you know sometimes it's not always like that I'm like well that's really infuriating it was so like it's um, not helpful at all hard to be in that situation but how I think what's helping me to recover is like now that I know that I'm on the spectrum, now that I know I like I know why I was confused that whole that whole time and then finding jobs that finding jobs that that complement my my skills, like that complement that need that autistic brain to look at a system um, or a process. So I have a new job now that that is a lot better it is a lot better and i i have my cam i have my camera off because i think my um, internet connection was being wonky so sometimes it oh, helps to have like the camera I, off i actually assumed as much as i there was a couple of times that we froze so um oh that was another thing um i work with in data and this it seems like this is one of those fields that's not very mature so every place i've worked had less than stellar processes. There's a few in particular places I worked that were terrible Mm -hmm. where every day was a fire. So I, I found that I don't work well in environments where we are constantly in panic mode every day where people are running Mm -hmm. around, like they're running from meeting to meeting, like the anxiety. So just, excuse me, outside of being on the spectrum, that just raised my anxiety just through the roof, seeing people running to meetings, to meetings, so many meetings, you don't even have time to use the restroom. Um, and it was an expectation that you are in meetings all day, but somehow mm-hmm. you were able to do all this work. Um, mm-hmm. And then the work, constantly changing processes, constantly, can you build this model? 
um, sure, uh, I'll need a f- I'll need a few weeks. It's like we actually need this in a couple of days. Like I can't do this in two days. <laughs> no, no idea of how we are supposed to do this work. And then they change their mind in a few days. It's a completely different thing that they want. So all that work you were doing, scrap that. It's gone. Like uh, I, I could not work like that. So when I started interviewing for new roles, I was looking for some sense of stability. Are we, how, what's the meeting load like? Um, you know, what's the culture like? What's the cadence of, the, of work like? I need to have some stability. I need to have some sort of rhythm that I can get into. I do, I do somewhat okay with repetitive tasks, um, mm-hmm. but the constant fires, I don't work well like that, period. Um, some people th- thrive in chaos. I've met lots of people that love the, the constant chaos. There's always something to do, always something new, always a new problem to solve and a new fire to put out. But uh, for me, that wasn't, I was not thriving like that. So for me, I, I really love to put together something really high quality, nice. If I'm putting my name on it, it's going to be something I'm proud of. But they're like, can you keep producing things like that, but do it in mm, an hour? Like mm-hmm. that took me two days. Uh, you want me to do it in like 30 minutes now? I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, just, uh, just the expectations were just out of control. No support. Yeah. yeah. No support. And like, what's I, the rush? What's, what's the rush? And maybe working for for-profit companies, just being, being in capitalism, capitalism. Like I was working my last job, I was in a nonprofit podcast publishing um, company. I was working at, at at PRX, and and in the job that I had, the manager that I had, the mistakes that I would do, she, my manager would cas- catastrophize my mistakes. Like it was like I, as if I was costing, as if my mistakes were costing the company millions of of dollars like that was her emotional reaction to my mistakes and i'm brand new to podcasting this is my first job in podcasting she's my first impression of being in the podcast industry and just me being autistic um i i took her her perspective as truth like maybe i am a horrible employee maybe i am costing the company like millions of dollars but then i would talk to this is where this is where the like i don't like small talk i don't want to engage with it but i will say it was because of small talk talking to other managers um getting feeling getting putting the feelers out there with my coworkers like hey are you experiencing the the same treatment that i'm getting and they would say no i would talk to other managers and they they would give me some intel like yeah um your manager is a problem she's been a problem hr won't do anything about it so but i wasn't doing that small talk before i was i believed my manager i leaned on her i thought it was the truth and it just it just wasn't it wasn't so it was like I had a, the small talk helped me to have a reality check. Like though I don't I don't like it, but using small talk to gather intel in a toxic work environment because not everyone 
I mean, what I found out in that particular work environment that um, there's there's allies, like just knowing how my manager was, how she, I knew for a fact that she treated other people um, horribly, disrespected coworkers, disrespected other managers. So I found out other managers did not like my manager and they would help me um, try to navigate like navigate the situation like yeah she's a problem like this is this is this is what you need to do to like maneuver from her Uh, unfortunately um i i think that's great uh but i think i've worked in some places i'll i'll just be honest with you jealousy is very real in workplaces Mm. Uh, Mm You know, I, I wasn't, it wasn't clicking with me before because I go in, you know, I'm focused on what I need to do. I got my, my code that I write. I have my reports that I do up and I'm like, this is what I'm doing. And so the, um, the emotions of others was not something I was understanding because mm-hmm. it didn't make sense to me. Why are you so worried about this person over here? Like logically everyone ages. Yeah. I'm older I'm older than I was yesterday. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do about it? But like, uh, those were people, some people I've worked with managers, they weaponized those things. And to this day, I don't totally understand that. I don't understand weaponizing something that has nothing to do with them. Um, and uh, that's the. I guess they're in a, in some sense. I don't totally understand human nature, uh, because again, I came I came in to do this job, mm-hmm. but uh, I I found that if sometimes if a manager doesn't like you, they'll just find a way to get rid of you. Um, and HR, like in your in your case, HR isn't really all that helpful. Um, no, I mean you. It's it's. I mean, that's what I, I've always leaned on, on, on my manager and, and took her direction and followed her advice. And then the moment I came to her, to her, it was like, I'm having trouble. Like, like I, what, what you described, like something's going on and I've had, I have had suspicions for, for a while, like myself and this particular job that I was at at PRX just amplified that like oh I need help and this was like the most unfair unfair thing that I have seen like I go on LinkedIn and I I see posts you know whether they're real or not like here's a post and they and the employee talks about oh my employer they're so supportive I was going through a difficult mental and you know, they gave me the time I need. I'm like, where's that for me? I did the same thing yeah. you did. I went to my employer. I expressed frustration. Where's my support that that I needed? And I just didn't, wasn't, it wasn't provided. And I know for a fact the other neurodivergent employees did get the support. I I was the first one that created a private Slack channel for neurodivergent employees. We had one for African-American employees. Um, it was affiliate group. And I, I asked and, and wanted one for neurodivergent in, employees 
And so it was got approved and it was myself and seven other people. And I got to share what was happening with, with me. And even the other employees was like, your manager sounds really controlling. And that's really weird that she's doing those um, behaviors, like telling, telling me that I can't go to my coworker and ask to be shadowed shadow. Um, I couldn't do that. And I would post, Mm. I would post on the Slack channel for neurodivergent employees. And I would get responses like, that's really weird that your manager is doing that. That sounds really controlling. So just having that feedback or that reality check with other neurodivergent or other autistic uh, people like, Hey, is this, is this okay? Does this sound? Cause like, that's what I'm finding when I'm in those digital support groups with other autistics about like small talk or like, what does this mean? And I'll get like replies like, yeah, yeah, that guy was a jerk or, or was (laughs) I the jerk? Sometimes I don't even know I was the jerk and having that honest, that honest feedback instead of gaslighting. Cause all I got was gaslighting when I was working at PRX. Yeah, I I, re- I I spoke to my manager in one of these companies, the one that, you know, was upset about his weight, and I said, you know, I'm really struggling. I, I got this terrible project, and I needed to keep going back to the stakeholder. She couldn't quite explain to me what she wanted. He said he's done the project before. Mm-hmm. My manager, he couldn't explain what he what she wanted. Nobody knew what was happening. I was guessing. I was brand new. I was, I was there for three months. He's like... At this point, you've been here three months. There's people that in this in your group that have been here for nine or ten months. You need to be closing that gap really fast now. The fact that you're taking this long to do this is um, you're not meeting expectations. And I was just, I was like doing my best. And I was thinking, I know I'm a good employee. I've been doing this a while. Uh, and I need training just like anybody else. This is a completely mm-hmm. new company to me. You have different processes. You have databases out there. You have tables everywhere. Mm-hmm. You, no one knows where anything is. And so I was just expected to do everything perfectly. So, yes, I was gaslit. And when I reached out to him saying, I need more support, mm-hmm. I was uh, punished for that. So um, I, they didn't fire me. I quit. Uh, yeah. But several people came to me after I quit and mm-hmm. said, you did the right thing. I'm I'm about to quit too, like different departments. So I felt validated that I made the right decision. And also mm-hmm. everyone noticed that I quit because mm-hmm. that place, they gossiped a lot. Um, but I think that what really has been my saving grace is the fact that the digital age that we live in, um, I was able to find resources. I've, I've sought out Facebook groups. I've sought out LinkedIn professionals, um, I've, I rarely meet people that are open about being neurodivergent where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think there may be a lot of women who are neurodivergent that don't know or they're ashamed. Um, I'm not sure. It could be both. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're told it's everything but autism. Mm-hmm. Um, as if only men can be on the autism spectrum. Um but also it was viewed as very strange to see a woman who writes code. Um, I've worked in several environments where people were like, what is she doing? She's over there writing computer code. Um, it, it was like they didn't get it. <laughs> that a woman can do this. And a woman can also be on the autism spectrum as well. But 
yeah, it's that's how I found my tribe is by seeking them out. And really, it's been online a lot of the time. Um, I haven't been in companies large enough where I could find other neurodivergent people um, that were willing to talk about it or felt okay enough just because there's there's been stigma around it. Um, I think a lot of us mask just to get through the day because we don't want a target mm -hmm. on our back yeah. um, or be treated differently. Yeah, I'm I'm finding that the the small talk. I mean, I I'm I'm very active on the Facebook autistic autistic groups, and I'll read posts, and I'll comment, and I'll and I'll post, and the, that's to me that's digital small talk. But I'm engaged, and they're honest, and they're authentic, and everyone's just doing their best. Like, like I don't like small talk because it's like. Well, you know, in your in your experience, what you were saying, like, you know, they're talking about a lot of person personal issues, but it's like I I talk about personal issues, but I already know the person. Like, I don't know you, and I'm I'm very like I don't want to talk like get too personal with coworkers, even if I know like coworkers for for years. There's very few cases where I have gone a little bit more personal and I, I'm thinking about one particular coworker in mind but but that's rare that's I rare I, I think I view the small tech that um, I'm generally confronted with also I have to keep in mind that there's there's something else about me being on the spectrum and also probably culturally um, I don't not only do I'm, I'm not a fan of small talk just because it's not really small in my opinion but um, passive aggressiveness is something culturally I didn't grow up with. And it's something I actually really have a hard time understanding um, to the point where I'm, uh, I don't want to say offended, but I'm kind of turned off by passive aggressiveness. It's a very Western type of thing, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in a black family like I grew up in, I we never communicate it that way like we just say it <laughs> yeah. uh, it might hurt your feelings but it'll be honest and so it's like okay it's I, I can appreciate honesty um, but passive aggressive someone being you know the fake laughter mm. and someone acting like they're interested but you can kind of pick up that this person doesn't care about what I'm saying Mm -hmm. uh, because they're talking over you <laughs> and, um, and you can tell that they're upset, but they're, they're like, no, I'm fine. But they're still, that's to me, that feels like I'm in danger. Should I, I don't want to be around this person, but um, this, this will be the dominant culture I'll be surrounded by. But as someone on the spectrum, passive aggressiveness is so confusing. Yeah. Um, and that's something I don't think I've navigated yet. I, I, I just, I'd rather avoid it when I can pick up someone's passive aggressive, I will avoid them just because I don't know how they feel. Yeah. Um, they're, they're not, they're not being true to true to themselves. Like I, I definitely relate to like pass passive aggressiveness, both like I've, I've done it and I've, I've received it and I'm trying to heal um, from that and be firm 
and direct and and try to communicate my my needs and if i'm in a um in in an environment where you know with you know with working at prx they said a lot of things that sounded good but in in practice it was anything anything but supportive when an employee comes to you yeah like hey i need i need some space like i need to get evaluated and um just not having having that support instead i got put on a uh, performance improvement plan and Uh, and i've never been on one that was my first time ever being on one and i had to talk to a friend i knew i have a friend i'm also in recovery recovery too so i was talking to one of my recovery friends who and we were both in the same field like both both finance um he but he he was like a vp in the finance part and i've always been like a staffer in the finance like industry and he's told me like veronica if you're ever on a personal performance plan it means you're out the door and i was like what i i just found that out like last year because i've been (laughs) on one and i i it just i i it felt funny like yeah all of a sudden boom i'm on this thing it's like this she wants to fire me but i've been a good employee yeah it's just a way to move you out of the organization. Yeah, without suing, suing them. But it was still, it was still like, you know, I there were there are video, video recordings of of my manager's horrible behavior. Um, I sent them Slack messages of her abusive slacks and telling me you're so slow. I've never seen you so slow. Even though from the very beginning we didn't have a. 30 60 90 plan it was like oh learn as you go and it'll be fine and that's how she presented and like anything but when i when i was having like like issues and asking questions and like she wasn't treating the other coworkers like that passive passive aggressiveness a little too mm-hmm. <laughs> um when you say you're in recovery may i ask what what do you uh, what are you referring to oh. Yeah, um, I'm in a twelve-step, twelve-step recovery, um, recovering from the family disease of alcoholism. Like I, I, I may not have used drugs and alcohol uh, to to cope. Um, I've been affected by other people's um, drug addiction and alcoholism. I'm I'm glad to hear that you're in recovery. I come from a family that has struggled with. Um, drug abuse really for mm. you know decades unfortunately mm. most of them have already passed away mm. um sadly they 60 is if you've reached 60 in my in that part of my family you've mm. you're doing pretty good um mm. yeah mm-hmm. and i think for me that's why i you know being pregnant and then about to be nearing 40 i was like in my family this is middle age like past middle age so maybe maybe i should start digging into some of these issues i have because i realized that i felt like i was a prisoner to everybody's needs and wants yeah and i wasn't getting what i wanted out of life Mm -hmm. i i wanted to have a a supportive friend circle um i think because i i didn't really know how to interact well with people um, without offending them, honestly, mm-hmm. um, either I would be direct because I don't, I don't move in passive aggressiveness. So I'll just tell you directly as gently as I can the truth. 
that that pushes people away, or at least the people mm-hmm. I knew away. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I didn't really do well with um, giving people validation. Um, and I realized that uh, people were coming to me for to fill up their cup and didn't know how to do that for anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think it told it was starting to tell me there's something about the quality of people that I choose to be around because I felt like I was lacking so much. I would just, whoever Mm -hmm. wanted to be my friend got a chance to be my friend and stay. And it didn't Mm -hmm. matter if they abused me or mistreated me because I felt like very few people will have me. Mm -hmm. These people understand me. And I found out in the end, those people did not understand me. Uh, I think I need to start digging into understanding myself. And then I realized I have a lot more power and and value than I was even giving myself credit for. So being, finding out I was on the spectrum, I was like, this makes so much more sense. Mm -hmm. This makes sense why I don't get this. And it makes sense why I have to struggle and why I have to feel like I'm putting on this mask to talk to people. Um, to make them happy. But I wasn't ever happy um, making everyone else happy. And then I found out I didn't make them happy. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like I can be me. I, I, I could, it's like, hey, I'm from the spectrum. Um, yeah. I, and I, this I, is what it means. That, yeah. I, the work from home has definitely been um, a blessing and a lifesaver for, for me. So I'm finding out that I do stim. I'm learning about stimming. I was like, was that stimming the entire time? So it's like it's a stress stim. It's not it's it it's not good, but I bite my lip like no one's business to the point where uh. it bleeds and I'm biting the inside of my cheek. It's so gross, I know. I know audience no. members who are <laughs> so my, and so my, I got my cheeks okay. are all bit up. Yeah. So um Okay, so this is audio only. So for the listeners, I'm going to describe describe what I have. So this is a little macaroon silicon. I'll, I'll put a I'll put the link in the show notes. It's a silicon macaroon little chew toy, and so I wear it around my neck at work, and I could just like chew on it. And like I work from home, no one sees me. I could stim in peace without shame and embarrassment and chew my little chew toy so I won't bite my lip and like you know I'm working from home and no one says anything I don't have to engage in small talk or explain or whatever um yay I'll put so just check out the link it's a little macaroon silicone it's pink uh chew toy and the link the link is in the show the show notes so I found like I found about it's called jewelry, jewelry like chew and jewelry put together. Jewelry. I'm like, what is jewelry? It's like these little things, like these little silicone little, and there's all sorts of shapes. I wanted a cookie, so I got the cook. I got the pink cookie, and I was like, I love this. I, I just chew, and um, that is yeah, that's what brilliant. That's what helps. It's that's brilliant. what helps me. <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah, I, 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 
I'm trying to think, what do I do? Uh, I think I just zone out. Like, I'll zone out, and that's, for me, maybe this is just like a, a general thing. I just, I, okay, I've hit that point. I need to get up, walk around, get on the elliptical for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, because sometimes I'll just, I can spin. I'm trying to solve this thing. I'm going at it and going at it. I'll uh, maybe I'll uh, I'm I can't sleep. It's two a.m. I'll get up. I'll go at it, and I'm like, this is not healthy. I yeah. don't know if that's stimming, but maybe that's just like I'm like I, I'm like I have to fix this. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a bad habit. So I tell myself the work will be there tomorrow. I work from home. I could get up, come in my office, um, and the the computer will be there. There's no real rush. I just I have to keep telling myself that that me not fixing this or solving this right away doesn't have any, you know, doesn't mean I'm not a good employee. Um, but yeah, because I work from home, I feel like I work way more than I would if I was in an office because mm-hmm. I can get I can get into a groove, put on my headphones, music, and just work and. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's great. And then, you know, right outside my door is the bathroom and it's clean. And we're the only ones that you might, you know, maybe my daughter, she's a little baby. But it's, it's like mm-hmm. this is another thing. And this is probably not having to do with the spectrum. I have such a hang up about um, office bathrooms because I found that not everyone has the same level of cleanliness that I do. Like, if you tinkle on the seat, you know, wipe it up. Some people just leave it. And so I know, you go so gross. <laughs> and I'm, I, I've had, like, real trauma around the restrooms because some people would, like, um, miss, not just a number one. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I sh- should I pick this up? Like, I can't use the restroom. Someone yeah. pooped on the floor. Yeah. How do you do this? <laughs> and know, there's so not gross. many people here. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I'm like, I I can't with this. <laughs> so, it's yeah, like... I love working from home because uh, it's quiet. I can I can concentrate. The bathroom's clean. I can go down to the, the kitchen. I can eat. And, and that's another thing. If I'm, if I'm trying to eat and relax, and then a coworker slides up, and they're trying to do the small talk thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, my God, when do I get a chance to escape and eat? And then you want to ask about my food. And then you want to tell me how it smells. And then you want to ask me how it tastes. It's like, <laughs> I can't get away from you. But is I don't know if that means I just don't like people or if I just feel... Like, I, I don't have any me time, but that's how I felt at work. Like, I couldn't escape from the constant uh, questions, mm-hmm. judgment, trauma dump, uh, people lamenting about it, this, that, and the other. Um, no, it's overwhelming. And I couldn't do, yeah, I couldn't do my work. I'm like, mm-hmm. I just need to do my work, and then you're interrupted again. Most of the times, not about work. And mm-hmm. so um, it just felt like every day. Now I see why people like they cry in their car on the way to work because it's like, mm-hmm. you know what? You're, you're about to go into a battlefield mm-hmm. where if you even even with my, my former boss, one of them, if I left the building to walk around the building, 
he was like, well, you leave the building every day. I'm like, I'm walking. I'm walking, exercise. And I was thinking, maybe if you walked, you wouldn't be telling me about your weight every time we speak <laughs> to one another. <laughs> Get out and walk with me. Uh, I know, right? So, um, yeah, he was complaining about how I wasn't meeting his expectations in the work because I wasn't mm-hmm. this terrible project I was given. And then they were complaining that I would go take a walk. Uh, during my lunch break, I thought that I was entitled to take a walk. Um, yeah. The gaslighting was just in some of these places is just insane. I think it's more about control, controlling other people. Like I don't see any point of like monitoring when people go to the restroom, when they walk around the building, what they're eating for lunch, and it's just it, it's just prison. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's. I think there's no escaping it. Like the thing, the thing with small talk. I was doing some like Google searches on it. And I came across a website, um, OllieBean.com. I'll put it. I'll put it on the link. It might help. It might be helpful. But it was like the thing with with like with small talk about. It's like hidden, hidden curriculum. Like I take people literally, like literally. So small talk is, is, is difficult for me. In, in that it's like, um, is this about getting to know each other and like, <laughs> what are we doing? Thing. But you're, but you're a coworker. Um, I thought we were supposed to work and like, so it gets, Awkward. yeah, I don't understand like the hidden, hidden curriculum. Well, That's what's like so hard. For me, also being a woman, um, I wasn't always picking up that I was being sexually harassed uh, because of the the kind of another reason why I dislike small talk is because um, the topics that people were approaching me with were like really inappropriate for work. Mm. Um, And I was going, where in my mind, where on earth is this going? Someone's Mm -hmm. telling me about their wife and then they start going into what women they find attractive and what bodies they like and I'm like what on earth does this have to do with anything right and I'm Nothing. I'm standing there oh confused. my god yeah. um but so I've learned I can exit those conversations fast and um really at this point um I don't think that it matters if uh, their feelings are hurt if you're telling me about boobs and butts and I'm just getting myself some coffee. I'll mm-hmm. just be like, oh, it's good talking to you. I'm, I'm going to head back to my desk. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that if I, if I cut that off, if I nip that in the bud early, instead of letting it go drag on, because they will, they will stand there and talk to you all morning if, you, if you're still there. If you nip it in the bud early, they eventually just find somebody else to go dump that on. Or um, they'll they'll just not bring that up to you anymore if you're not really receiving it in the way they want it, the way they want you to, which is they want you to listen to it. Um, but yeah, some of that was sexual harassment um, in disguise for me. Uh, I, I didn't, I, I wasn't quite, you know, putting two and two together, but um, depending on who it is, you could just exit quickly 
Um, but if it's your boss and they start talking about certain things or the small talk, mm-hmm. um, and then it goes on, don't let it go on and on, I guess is what I'm saying. If you feel your, your soul leaving your body, you need to, uh, you need to get out of that conversation, for, you know, just say, Hey, I got to go. Yeah. That usually works. And typically people aren't hurt unless they came to you already hurt. Then there's nothing you could do about it. Mm-hmm. I, I found that I couldn't really control someone's feelings getting hurt because they were already hurt. They they came to you mm-hmm. looking to, I don't know, be hurt or something. It's what I found. So I'm. I think I had to learn that it's not my job to fix everybody, even mm-hmm. though they're coming to you looking for fixing. Um. I, I think for some people on the spectrum, we feel guilty uh, having to uh, tell people no. Um, but I think that mm. telling people no is healthy and it's necessary. And you can tell people no in different ways. You don't have to be like, no, put your hand up and mm-hmm. be all direct like that. But you could just gently say, hey, I got to go. Or it's been good talking to you. I'm going to head back. Or I'm going to use the restroom. If you get someone super clingy where they follow you, um, <laughs> you can uh, lose them around the corner. Uh, I've I've ducked into different rooms. Like you can't you can't follow me all around this building all day. I could just keep ducking and dodging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another tip for small talk is work work from home if that's if that's possible for those who are who are listening. If you're able to work from home, if you have a job where you are able to work work from home, do it. Even, like, you know, I'm I'm Absolutely. my job is out of state. I'm 100% remote work from home. Even when I was at PRX, it was 100% work work from home. And as and I've never met my manager. I've only met her online. Um, but even even as as horrible as that work experience was, I think I would have been in a lot worse position if I had to see her in person, go into an office, and go through uh, through that like ridiculous. It was a lot. I don't know if I would have ever survived handling her in that job in person and I and I find like this like you know the small the small talk that I would have to do being in person would just it would it would been so much stressful like I thought it was stressful just being remote but I think it would have been a lot stressful if I had to deal with that re- with that ridiculousness of a workplace dynamic in person. I don't, I, I talked to past employees. I've talked to past employees who were managed under her. And one of them was in person pre COVID. And then during COVID, like she was working, but there was a time where she was like in person working with my manager. And I'm like, I don't even know how you dealt with that in person dealing with that horribleness. Um, I mean, maybe this is where resilience comes in, but to do resilience in the workplace, that's a level of trauma that I can't 
at the age that I'm at and where I'm at, my career was like, no, I can't put myself through through that. No, you know, for me, I, I realized at some point that, you know, during this time in which I got tested for autism, I was like, I have not been taking care of myself. Yeah. It, my needs were dead last. Everyone else's needs were on top of, you know, because I worked with them and I didn't want to get fired, but I was getting fired anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, I have a PhD, I'm educated, I'm skilled, and I still was getting fired because of the interpersonal stuff. Mm-hmm. No one was really complaining about my work. They're happy about that. But they're like, you're, I wasn't meeting their expectations of what a black woman should be. Mm-hmm. How come you don't make me laugh? How come you don't validate me? How come you're not engaging in my small talk? How come you mm-hmm. aren't solving my personal problems? How come mm-hmm. I can't cry on your shoulder at 7.30 a.m.? And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm, I'm here to work. Mm-hmm. Where was Where is all these expectations coming from? They're unspoken. That was um, not in the job description. <laughs> yes, that was not. And so if you can work from home, honestly, working from home, vetting um, workplaces and in, in, in the interview has been, I had to really tune in into my spidey senses instead of mm-hmm. and really drop the the stuff that I've learned to shove away I mm-hmm. had to really start learning to read people because I think that a lot of um of these workplaces I've worked in I knew from the start something was kind of funny mm-hmm. but I needed a job mm-hmm. and so I accepted the job when I got an offer um but you know, if you if you're disappointed in the interview process when they're supposed to be at their best, it doesn't get better, is what I've learned. So um, I started really choosing more carefully the workplaces, and also I work 100% from home, where I can listen to my music, no taps on the shoulder, no one telling me about their penis. Yeah, I could use the bathroom. I don't have to pick up any turds. Mm-hmm. Unless they're my own, but I don't miss. Um, <laughs> it's it's clean here. It's bright. I have a window. Like I'm so happier working where I could focus on work. Because um, mm-hmm. honestly, the interpersonal stuff, I just it was just tripping me up. Like mm-hmm. there were so many unspoken expectations. I I I just can't work like that where I'm people pop out with these things all of a sudden and I'm like you never you I I didn't know that was a need mm-hmm. uh, of yours manager mm-hmm. um I, I just wish people would just say here here's what I'm looking for I'm looking for a great employee but also I need a therapist and mm-hmm. I would like to hire someone that could do that for me yeah um, <laughs> now, can you do that and also I'm looking for a mistress can you also do that <laughs> I just wish people just flat out say it. And then I could say, no, thank you. But do you need a data scientist? I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, my God. Okay. We're having too much fun here. So we, we're we about to wrap wrap this up. Um, and work from home. If you're able to work from home, do it. Oh, yeah, that's I think that's why I'm still working is because I work from home. My work speaks for itself. And you it just minus the the other stuff, because I found something else out like really mm-hmm. late in life. Not everyone's at work for work. 
some people are at work for very different reasons than myself. Uh, like, that yeah, that's true too. Yeah, that's that's true too. Some people are <laughs> filling some of their void, um, but for me, I'm like I view okay, this is work. This is where I earn an, a living. This is where I do tasks, and and that's it. And then so my social life that's outside of work. Now, if mm-hmm. I happen to be friends with a coworker, that's fine, but it has to be organic, not mm-hmm. something that's forced, mm-hmm. uh, not something you can small talk into your your way in with you know personal things. It's like it happens naturally over time, you know, like like I thought it's supposed to, not no someone pushing you into it. I don't know yeah, if that and- makes sense. Yeah, no, no. And like, just to wrap wrap it up, like, you know what? So here's some tips for the neurotypicals on how to engage with autistics. And look at me, I'm generalizing. I don't speak for everyone, but I'm autistic. I speak for myself. This is what's going to help you with the small talk. Um, talk about the job. If we're talking about my job, that is the small, the small talk at, at work. That's the small talk. So you know what, if you do want to engage with me as an autistic person, like talking about your personal life or what you did over the weekend isn't going to work with me. But my ears will perk up if you talk to me about my, like my job and improving the job and improving process and that, that what gets me like interest, like interested. So just a little FYI, I don't know. Do you feel the same, Angela? Yes, yes, yes. My, you know, you've gone to church. <laughs> yes, this is how you can engage people on the spectrum. Tell us about the job because that's what we're there for. Yeah, we're there to hear about the job, how we can improve, how we can become better at what we're doing. Uh, we don't care about your penis and whatever else <laughs> you come to work with. Tell us about the work we're doing. Like that will make my ears perk up. Yeah, I'm all ears. Mm-hmm. I, I'll stand there with my coffee cup listening to you tell me about the job and how to how to do it better and all the tables and databases I need and mm-hmm. the historical data. Like yeah, I, I also would like for people to stop assuming that only men can be on the spectrum. Yeah. Um and you, you are you may be encountering a woman on the spectrum we're not just rude or uh, we just, we just don't communicate in the same fashion that neurotypical people do uh, Mm -hmm. per se. Um, And we, we are pretty focused on the work. That's that's something I've noticed when I talk to other people, we are so focused on that work. So yes, Mm -hmm. I, I completely agree. Like (laughs) I could waste time, not necessarily wasting time. I'm taking notes, but it's like, I'm I'm learning something to improve my standing at this job and to help everyone in a way. Um, so yeah, tell me more about the work. And mm-hmm. that's great about the team I'm on. Um, we talk a lot about the work. Uh, everyone's excited about their job. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really do a lot of small talk. And that's something I think my manager knew that when she hired me, she knew exactly that I was joining another team of people pretty much similar to myself. We don't talk to each other much during the day. And if we do, it's about the job. Um, Super, super proud that I joined this team because for once I feel understood and, um, and I feel my skills are 
are valued and mm-hmm. I'm not being treated like, huh, you're a woman and you're not, you're not doing this and you're not doing that. Like, no, I'm a woman and I'm skilled at what I do and I'm on the spectrum mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going to tell you the truth. I won't tell you what you want to hear. You, mm-hmm. you wanted an objective view into you, to the data and that's another thing. Just don't ask a uh, person on the spectrum to lie to you. That's really hard. Yeah. A lot of people. You know, be careful what you wish for. It's like, uh, <laughs> are you sure? I mean, I mean, if any, if you're, if you're, if, if you're recruiting a, a team of data analysts, like I really hope one of them is on the spectrum as part of your team. Cause they're not going to bullshit you. You know, they're, I have trouble lying. Like I've lied to, for self-preservation and, and safety because of whatever abusive, toxic situation that I was of like, okay, I, I'm lying to self-preserve to just to get out of this situation. But lying is very uncomfortable uh, for me. Like I don't, I don't sugarcoat. I'll tell you straight. And if that hurts people's feelings, like I'm, I'm really sorry, but it's like, you've asked me to be honest and here's, here's my honesty. So it's like, depends what you want. Like, do you want honesty or not? And when, especially when it comes to data and interpretation of data, just whatever the context of the type of data that you're dealing with, like, do you really want a yes person on your team to be like, yeah, everything's fine. (laughs) And that's, that's something that has, pretty much almost gotten me fired in several workplaces. They want a yes person. They've even had people, I won't tell you where I work, that would go in and change numbers to make uh, execs happy. And Mm -hmm. I flat out said, you will never get that from me. And -hmm. if you ask that of me, I'm quitting. Mm -hmm. I will never lie about this is, the data is what it is. I'm not changing these numbers for you. So I, I wasn't exactly popular. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, no, this is not the kind of field in which you go in and just fudge stuff. It's, or any field, but really I, I believe in do no harm. And I think lying, uh, does harm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm not really popular sometimes, but I tell people, (laughs) do you want a data scientist? (laughs) That's what you're going to get. But if you want someone to just lie to you, um, maybe you are looking for someone else, um, Mm-hmm. maybe you've, you're not looking for a data scientist yeah so. you'll find you'll find your people whoever is listening if you're on the spectrum listening to this and you're going through a horrible work situation i i've you know angela's been there i've been there and um hopefully these tips use the small talk to collect intel you know maybe you're the situation that you're in is not as horrible as your manager is making it out to be but yeah, like start talking to other departments and get like a bigger or more more realistic picture because that's what I did. I thought my manager thought that my mistakes were costing the company millions of dollars, and but then I would talk to the program, the project manager, and be like, "Hey, these are the mistakes that I'm making. Like, are these mistakes costing the company money?" And the project manager was like, "No, she's ridiculous." Hmm. I'm like, okay, sometimes you got to use the small talk for the reality check. I I totally agree with that. Cause I, I've done that. I've used, be intentional with your small talk. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, use a 
use it wisely for me. I need to preserve my resources so I can get yeah. overwhelmed and tired. Another yeah. thing, trust your intuition. That's that's something I only started doing very recently. Mm. Uh, I'll just go, no, that he couldn't have meant that. But my my gut was telling me something's really off here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would ignore it because I thought I'm just being sensitive. Um, no, your intuition is almost spot on every time. Um, I would listen to it. I would trust it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Well, that's all the time that we have. Um, so for the purposes of this episode, um, and I'm going and Angela's information won't be available. Um, but, uh, my information will be available in the show notes. So you could, um, find me at vcomedy.com, V-E-E-C-O-M-E-D-Y. Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter, poor ass podcast. Um, all those handles are on the show notes. And if anyone wants a personal video message from me, from me, I'm also on Cameo, um, throw down some money, um, tip me on buy me coffee and all those uh, it's going to be available on the um spectrum i mean pff, show notes well like i'm also i also have adhd too so sorry <laughs> no i'm not sorry um <laughs> i get sorry. my words mixed up in my brain and w- different words come come out instead um but yeah the Trulery link is going to be on the show notes. My information is going to be on the show notes. If you are on the spectrum and you need help, um, LinkedIn does have um, some autism-focused um, uh, LinkedIn groups that you could join if that's helpful um, to you. Ooh, I need to go check that out myself. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm on. I'm on a couple. Okay. Um, or even go to Facebook if, go to Facebook start joining um, autistic Facebook groups um, there there's a lot of digital um, support to help you navigate the interpersonal um, um, navigation there's and people post all the time so you will you will get get support um, yes. thank, yes. thank you so much Angela for coming on the podcast and sharing your experience on this important topic of small talk thank, thank you Cruising cloud, carrying sweet rain, 